Hey y'all, hey! Welcome to episode one, season motherfucking two of Say It To Me Nice. I am your host, Bridgetta Giles. I'm a sex educator. I'm a certified family life educator, newfound adult content creator. Didn't even know I was that, but goddammit, I'm an adult that be talking about adult shit, creating content that's real adult-like. So there you go. I'm an adult content creator. Shebang. I don't even know why I said shebang. That's welcome to say it to me nice where I just be saying shit sometimes. Y'all, I am in awe that we were able to complete an entire season, eight whole ass motherfucking episodes of an entire podcast. So let me, let me let you guys in on a secret. Say, I, I never had the idea of becoming a podcaster. It was, it was never, ever, ever on my radar, radar. Um, but I met and fell in love with Jared Dam and anyone who has ever been in this man's presence, you, you know that he's going to pull the absolute best out of you. He's only going to want to see you achieve all of your goals every last one of them, and he's going to be a part of you being able to do so. So he and I, um, as we often do, bouncing ideas off of one another, talking about where we want our career and our future to go. And I have this concept for a book that I wanted to, to, to write and call it, say it to me nice. And I was just kind of running through with him what, what that was for me. And he's like, Oh, that sounds like a great podcast. Why don't you should do a podcast? And I'm like, I don't know anything about podcasting. I don't know uh, anything about content creation. I just be doing shit. I'm motherfucking winging it a whole ass business owner and been winging it this long. Um, so he and I just, kept talking about it. He kept motivating me. Um, and just in me assisting him and helping him brainstorm, I developed this curiosity and interest. And then I finally said, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do it. It's going to be great. And that is how Say It To Me Nice was born out of the encouragement of, of Jared Dam. And I am so, I'm forever thankful for what he has given me. He is my producer. So he edits and produces all of this loveliness. So I have a really wet mouth. I I promise you this is not going that way. Very wet mouth. So Jared has told me that he often has to go in and edit so my mouth don't sound as whoppy as it is. Thanks, Jared. That's the type of shit Jared has to do. And he does it to support me. And I'm so thankful because without him, honestly, truthfully, said to me nice would not be a thing. So thank you so much for all of the work that you do and for motivating me to even do this. I wanted to talk to y'all about my experience um, with, with this podcast and what it has done for me sexually what it has done for me um, in terms of relationship, as a parent, um, as a content creator. Mm, sounds all fancy, right? <laughs> just what it has done for me in general, just for my life. Um, I also want to talk about um, some frequently asked questions and something really fun that I want to try. Um, 
I get a lot of DMs and some of them are, you know, encouraging. Some of them is some of y'all really be trying it. So I kind of wanted to read maybe one or two of the y'all really be trying it um, messages just just to let y'all know what the fuck I be going through. Okay. It's a shame that when you are a sex positive woman, the assumptions that people make about you and how bold they are with those assumptions. But we'll talk that that's an entire podcast for a whole nother damn day. Oh, I also want to discuss some changes that are occurring within season two. Um, one thing, if you have been rocking with me since the beginning, you know that I will introduce a term of the week with each episode. Well, I'm doing something different this time. This season, I'm doing hotels. So I'm going to have a guest and I want my guest to tell me their most scandalous hotel. Um, but most importantly, what did they learn from that experience? I'm talking steamy. I'm talking really bad fucking decision, but you made it through. You, you saw it through my boy. So um, with that being said, something that I learned about myself in the midst of me recording this podcast is that although I have had a plentiful sexual um, appetite most of my life. And although I have, I've had some pretty good sex karma, you know, pretty good there. I don't have any hotels, none, nothing like really scandalous, nothing just steamy that I learned something from. Which got me to thinking about just sexual experiences in general. And there are a lot of things that are on my sexual bucket list that I have not done. I have not put myself in a position to do, but I want to. So I am on a quest to check off some boxes on my um, sexual bucket list. And I'm really excited about that. And I don't think... I don't think that would have come to the forefront of my mind had I not been involved with this podcast. I take my sex very seriously. Like it's a sport. Like it is, it is, it is my dissertation, right? It is something that I study and I want to be good at. And it's not something I'm giving. It's something I'm experiencing with another individual or individuals. To say that I take sex this seriously and the the actual experience of being intimate and to not have experienced or been mindful of my experiences is really eye-opening for me. Really, really eye-opening for me. So I'm really excited about my sexual journey that I'm getting ready to take. You all will be front and center for the most part. For the most part, don't, don't get any ideas. Don't get in my DMs with more foolishness. No. So yeah, I learned, um, that I need to really start checking some boxes off. Another thing that I learned about myself 
that I, I guess for me, it was a lack of mindfulness was I identify with being a submissive. And I never, I never really thought about it. I, I, and I wouldn't even say I'm switch. I would, I would go full on sub and that it really turns me on to be dominated in so many different ways and me putting myself in a position to receive instruction. It's something that when I'm in the moment, yes, this is it. This is getting the juices flowing. It's great, but I never put a name to it. So yeah, I I think I'm a sub. But again, this I became mindful of this in preparing for the season finale of last season. I'm like, oh, this is the definition of a dom. This is the definition of a sub. I'm like, oh, wait, that sounds like me. For me, I think it was a combination of just not really understanding what a sub actually was, but also the implication of the what the word submissive means. And, you know, me being a strong, independent, Southern Black woman, New Age, this this idea of submitting to someone always equated to being less than, um, having to ask permission, having to just dim your own light. And that's honestly just the misconception that I had floating around my head about what it meant to be a submissive until I really started doing the research and really thinking about what it meant for my life. There is a lot of power in submitting. There's a lot of, I think that the scary thing for me was the vulnerability that's required and the trust that's required. You, you have to give over a level of trust. You have to be vulnerable with someone and trust them with that part of you. Um, and I think that was a fear for me. I, I love being close. I love intimacy. It is my passion. I will, I do believe that I am meant to be on this earth just to teach everyone about the, the power of intimacy. But it has been something that I have struggled with in my past. It's being vulnerable with someone. I think, I don't think we covered this, but, um, I love to cuddle, but the idea of being little spoon and having someone cuddle me was so scary because for me, I've never believed that anyone's hands are big enough. So I always either feel like a burden or I don't feel comfortable enough with handing over my most prized possession, which is my vulnerability um, to, to many people. So when I do, it's powerful, right? But for me, that's a part of me being a submissive is being able to relinquish this and not have to always have it together. That's that transferableness. It shows up in other areas of my life, obviously. I have been divorced for a long time. I think at this point I've been divorced longer than I was actually married. Um, so for me, I've, I've had to do a lot of things on my own. I've had to be in charge for so long. I believe I'll tell anyone when I turned 17, 18 years old, I hit the ground running and I haven't stopped. 
I haven't stopped. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to be independent and to, to have it, to have it for the most part together. Trust me, I ain't perfect. I got things I need to work on, but just for the most part, I've been able to handle all the things that come my way. I'm 36 years old now. I'm motherfucking tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of holding it all together. I'm tired of not having to handle it all on my own. Let it truly be a choice and not a requirement. And I think for me, admitting or identifying as sub showed that to the world or shows that to partners that, hey, I would really like to sit all this down somewhere because my arms and my hands are heavy and run the risk of not seeming strong. It's fucked up. It's really fucked up what society tells black women that they have to endure throughout their life. And for me, being a sub gives me a space to not have to always have it together. So that is something that I would like to dig deeper and explore more and, you know, test my boundaries, knock my boundaries out the damn door, whatever, whatever comes first. Another not great thing that I learned about myself is that I look at relationships as places to possess other people. And as fluid as I am, as open as I am for my own personal relationships, I honestly have struggled with the idea that this person is mine. This person belongs to me and their actions need to align with someone who is with me versus them being their own independent individual with free thought, free will, ability to do whatever they want, and me simply making the decision whether or not their behavior aligns with where I want to go. And I say it all the time. That's the part that really pisses me off about myself is that I will say it all the time that, you know what, I want you to do you, be who you are, mind, body, and soul. And from that, I'm going to make the decision whether or not I want this as a part of my life. I say it. But once I am in the space of love and intimacy and I see your worth and your value in my life and what you bring to the table and what I bring to the table. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This, this is all I need. This is all I want. So yeah, you, we go together. You're mine. When it's like I abandoned my own thoughts and my own principles when I'm presented with this. And I do believe it has, it's a trauma response. Um, I have not always that's another podcast for another day. Um, but my attachment style is, is not the most favorable of attachment styles. There are four different attachment styles. Um, again, that's another podcast for another day. But it is something that has impacted my uh, relationships. Um, it has impacted how I seek relationships. And I want to get back to me. I want to get back to that feeling that I want people to be who they are and I don't want to put them in a box that I built. I don't even like boxes. I don't like being placed in boxes. 
So why the fuck would I put someone else in a box just to fit inside of this relationship with me? So it is something that I've become aware of after season one. And y'all, this has not been the best summer for me. Um, I cried the entire month of June, um, had some really, really harsh realities come into my interview about myself, about how I move and navigate in relationships and how I have my boundaries and I have my standards and how I've been willing to be flexible with my standards, but also how I should not be flexible with certain standards, but also that I shouldn't expect people to meet my standards just because they belong to me. If you're in a relationship with me, you have to meet my standards. No, you don't. You make a decision about how you want to live your life. And if it does not align, we have a very important decision to make. And it's hard and it's harsh, but that is something else. And again, that's another podcast for another day. I don't want to take up all this time with just the things that I've learned. What's to come for season two is what I really, really, really want to get to. Y'all, I have been shooting my shot all summer, um, getting guests with beautiful messages, um, funny messages, serious messages, things we need to hear about sex in the Black community. Um, So I'm so very pleased with the lineup that we have for season two. Um, It is going to be amazing. All right, some frequently asked questions that I get. Um, about being a sex educator or a an adult content creator is number one, are you going to start an OnlyFans? Now, I am to blame for this one because I did create a video of me um, contemplating whether or not I need to start an OnlyFans because of being shadow banned and getting my content taken down and getting my IG threatened to be dis- dis- dismantled, all of that. And I will say... I'm still heavily, heavily, heavily considering it. Um, It would be for, I don't know what it would be for. I go back and forth with whether or not I want to get real raunchy and be showing titties and ass and all kinds of stuff so I can start making $50,000 per month so I can quit my nine to five and just be an adult, a true adult content creator and just um, showing clips from the podcast, uh, special episodes and things of that nature. So y'all let me know, what do you, what do you want to see? Do you want to see my titties and my ass or do you want to see exclusive content from my recordings, a combination of both? Let me know. I am, I'm open. So the answer is possibly, I'm going to possibly start an OnlyFans. Another question that I have gotten is how do I feel about putting um, conversations like I have out into the atmosphere. How does my family react to it? Um, to be fair, frank and honest, I, my mom and my grandmother, I do not believe that they listen to my podcast. If they do, hey y'all, hey, I love y'all. Um, I don't know if they listen, but I am 36 years old and I have paid my own bills since I was 18 years old. And I, my, my, my family knows my mouth. My family knows my interest. My family knows that I talk about sex for a living. And although they, they don't understand it, 
they're as supportive as they can be in that space. So, um, for lack of a better phrase, I don't care. We do not care. Um, can you tell I've been really into TikTok lately? I've been like obsessed with TikTok and you all will see that within season two, how obsessed with TikTok I am just by the guest that I have asked to be a part of the show this season. And finally, I'm going to read off two comments that I have received um, within season one. The first is from, you know, I should say these names, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to say these names, but I wish I could just to truly call people out. So the first comment reads, fuck peeing on your back. Open that mouth and let me piss in your mouth. I got that comment. So if you've been rocking with me since season one, I do have an episode titled pee on my back or piss on my back. By all means, go back and listen to it so you can understand the context. But sir, I don't know you. I don't. And I really don't think you listened to the actual podcast. Go back and listen. Leave me a five-star rating and a review. But no, no, you, you can't pee in my mouth parts. I don't, I don't know you. I don't, even if I did know you, that's, that's, yeah, don't know. Don't know. All right. The next one. Oh, this is my absolute favorite. Okay. Looking at all of your pictures, you look like you can suck a mean dick, sir. As opposed to a friendly dick. I'm, I'm what? Thank you. Thank you. I do. I do aspire to look as though I can suck dick. Um, I believe I sucked it very well. However, um, I, th- I think this was a compliment. I'm not sure, but please, please don't. Like, I feel like I have really nice eyes. Um, I think my face overall is really cute. You know what I'm saying? So if that means I have a cute face, thank you. But I do have no desire to suck your dick because I don't know you, sir. So, y'all, this is the type of shit that I have to deal with in my DMs. Um, and again, going back to if I create an OnlyFans, I promise you, I I really feel as though I need to create a safe space for people to dump all of these comments and dick pics and dick videos and all of that shit in one safe space, but pay me to do it. And I would be okay with that. I don't know. Y'all tell me what you think. And what do you think my responses should be? Because typically I don't respond. I'll just delete the comment or I'll send like a frowny face or something like that. But more so I delete the comments. Um, But what do you think I should respond? Let me know. So I'm giving you permission to get in my DMs at Say It To Me Nice Podcast on IG. Say It To Me Nice. Um, Say It To Me Nice on TikTok. So just get in my DMs. And let me know what I should respond to some of these people. And that, you know what? That might be TikTok content. Let me write this down. Anywho, I cannot wait for you to hear all the great fuckery that is to come for Say It To Me Nice. Thank you so much for rocking with me. It's only going up from here. You guys, see you for episode two. Peace.